All right, what's up, guys? How's it going today? Today, I am going to um, go over my new track, Speakers On. Um, I posted the music video on my YouTube page yesterday, and um, I'm just going to get through some of the layers right now. I just wanted to kind of talk through it. Um, I'm playing a little bit in the background right now. But as you can see, and I think I put some notes in there on, on the release, it's going to be on Black Riot Records in the UK, so it'll be out on Beatport, Spotify, Apple Music. This is my first release on Beatport, so I'm kind of excited about that, but um, I'm going to get a little bit into the layers, made all the sounds and reason. Um, I actually ended up doing the final mix in Ableton, an older version of Ableton. Um, a lot of times, well, we won't focus on that, like doing a final mix or anything like that, but I just wanted to, I decided for the final mix just to kind of export everything so I could tweak everything so I could have each track on a, on a individual um, audio track so I could kind of fine tune the mix since it was going to be on a, a, a label release. Um, I don't always do that, but I just did for this track. But um, let's get into some of the details. I'm just gonna kind of walk you through it, kind of explain what I did, get through some of the sounds and um, go from there. Yeah, so um, first things first, let's get into it. So I used, for the kick drum, I've been using this kick drum a lot. It is actually for, um, bear with me on my mic here. It's the Timeless Kit in Kong. And I've found that it really works well, um, really in any kind of track. It, it was when it's in the drum supply, if you get a Kong, Kong patches um, club section, it's that timeless patch. It's basically, it sounds like a Lindrum, kind of like a classic 70s, 60s, or 70s, 80s um, kind of drum machine. It's got a good amount of low end, not a lot of release and then quick attack. So it just makes, for a lot of disc script tracks, really a lot of a lot of tracks, it makes it really just a nice sounding kick drum. Um, and I've used it a lot here recently. Um, nothing too fancy on that, just 404 on the floor. Um, the bass sound I actually went through and did I've used this patch a lot over the years. It is actually, it's an NNXT um, patch. It's just that P flat bass. Let's solo it out real quick. some tape saturation, scream, and then a synchronous effect. I did a really quick side chain. If you listen, when I take it off, it just kind of, it just didn't get that little dip, that quick dip that I needed when that, that kick drum hits. It's, it's pretty subtle, but I think it makes a big difference in the mix. If I take that off, see those frequencies are kind of hitting. So it dips down right when that kick is coming in. And 
and then the saturation just gives it a little cut just get a little warmth um, and I just use the tape the tape saturation for the screen let's see what else nice shaker sound pretty straightforward there what eighth notes shaker and the classic disco oh, so I actually use that I was hoping that I would use that classic disco kit in a reason Oh, that's a bass drop patch. I love these. I've used these before in the Thor. This is it's called a bass drop patch, and I just did little hits. Sounds like a disco tom kind of thing. I didn't even add reverb. I might have added a touch of reverb in the final mix. But general rule of thumb, if the it, reverb doesn't really add anything, you don't want to leave it in the mix because it can create mud and can can kind of blur your the, your image that you're trying to create. Let me see what else. Oh, I just this was a loop I had. I actually I think that that hit is from Logic, like Logic Nine from an old Mac I had. Yeah, that's what it was, and I just put it in there, this little, like, wood block thing. This was a cool little hit. Just give it another little percussion element. snare sound right there the studio 54 kit when you layer it up with a clap it just gives it a nice space so use a clap loop i think that's the one I don't know where it's from. I just had a loop of clap and I threw it in there. Oh yeah, this is one. Okay, I remember where this clap came from. Um, when when we were in the studio a couple of years ago, um, our producer, our engineer, had us like actually record real hand claps. I found some from our old mix and threw them in there. So they're real hand claps that we recorded and they were right at 120. I, I think they're originally at 140 and I sped them down. I just think it gave it a little more as opposed to just having like a sampled clap in there. It just gives it a little more element. sound and I 
I did use just I used the dual arpeggio. I took the second arp off and used the first one, the single finger disco. Um, just a an A to an F, just back and forth. Pretty straightforward there. So I recorded these guitars just directly in. directly into my, uh, my focus right. I think initially I had him going more, but I just thought it was kind of, if you listen to the mix, it's kind of like a call and response. It just seemed to add more of a like rhythm feel as opposed to like being a full guitar part. When I when it, when it kept on going, it just seemed like too much in the mix. That's kind of where you just have to use your ears and determine if it's gonna be too busy. A lot of times mixes can get too busy really fast and you have to start cutting stuff out. Oh, and the roads. Okay, yeah, the roads is a big part. So I actually, sound I put a phaser on it just an NNXT patch so I used the chord progression I can't remember off the top of my head I'm not like a music theory major but what I did I think it's a um, major or a minor seventh chord um, what you do to get a disco sound like the chord wouldn't an A minor chord would be A, C, E, um, and then A again, if you're doing like a traditional piano chord, but you come down and you move that to, you move that to a, instead of having this right there, you move it to, let's see, let's look at my color. You, instead of having this on A, you move it to the G. Uh, like I said, I'm not, I don't technically remember exactly what happens, but a lot of disco, I was kind of Googling around for disco chords. Um, like I said, I think it's an A minor seventh. Um, I'm not, you know, by any means a, uh, music professor, but, um, I believe that's the terminology and this is a common chord because I wanted to have something that sounded like authentic disco. And apparently this is a method of creating a disco vibe, that 70s, 80s disco. So when it said so that chord really, I mean, if you took that chord out, it would really. I mean, you really need that for that vibe. disco strings one thing I always liked about reason compared to other DAWs they're real they're like strings and their orchestral instruments always sound so good to me um, I was trying to make a track in Ableton this week I know everyone loves Ableton and Ableton's a great product but I can never get stuff sounding the way I want in Ableton um, I don't know. It's just the maybe it's the workflow. Like I said, I, I still mix this track in Ableton, but like when producing and coming up with ideas, I just can't get that sound that I'm looking for. Um, for this, like the strings, this is what sounded so natural to me. I don't think I have anything on there. 
I've got a filter going on the on the main mixer and everything. It's just strings all patch in NXT. Good sound. Just a traditional white noise sound. I made it in Thor and then bounced it to an audio track. I will do that because when I'm mixing back, like if you don't hit the the trigger at a certain point, you won't be able to hear it in your mix. <laughs> so I started bouncing tracks um, to audio. You can do that. I think that's what I did here. Where's the Thor? It's somewhere. But essentially, you just go right-click, bounce in place, and it creates an audio track of the um, MIDI file that was attached to the, the instrument. If that makes sense. And then... Same thing here, it's just a rising synth. When I'm making my rising synth, the only thing I do, I just take a patch, and then I will put the range up, and then change the pitch like that. I'll just like go down, keep just, and then I do, I just automate that, and then just have the pitch bend keep going up. Let's see. I have in here. It's just a little dreamy hit. Just put a lot of verb on it. Or maybe it's just delay. Is that delay? I think reverb's built in the patch. That's another thing these days. You've got to watch a lot of patches. They'll, they'll like throw effects in. They'll throw a lot of reverb in, a lot of distortion. I always come down here and I'm constantly taking stuff off because ultimately I want to be I want to be deciding when I'm adding effects, especially distortion. I mean, a lot of the distortions are good now, but some if you get like into digital clipping, it drives me bonkers, man. Um, same thing with reverbs. Like I, I want to know if I'm adding reverb. I, I'm I'm constantly checking to see if I'm adding reverb in a mix just because it it can really complicate things. Okay, a little build-up section here. I use a few. I've been. I love this future kit, the snare drum. Like, this sounds like a really compressed, like nine oh nine. I'm sure they've got some compression on there. Yeah, so they're hitting that compressor pretty hard. I just I love the snare drum. It's the it's the snare drum from the future kit and reason. 
great sound. Okay, there's my lovely wife singing. I mean, I had these, <laughs> these are just a vocal take I had from a studio. And I do, and we had, I had a double. It's actually from a song called, when we were a band, we were in a band called La Chassons. It was a song called Totally Beachin. Maybe I'll link to it in, in the in the notes here. But I mean, I, you know, the engineer I'm good friends with today, James Salter, um, he works out in LA, but and he, he's like the guy I call if I have any, any issues with making a recording or like when I can't figure something out. Um, ultimately, if it's, you know, if it's a real high profile thing, I'll get him to mix it. But uh, he like, he would always just give me the files when we were done recording get an audio engineer friend like a, a real audio engineer friend is always helpful but um i think it's going through a i'm not sure what kind of preamp it's an akg mic you can hear all the noise in the background so i grabbed that from another song because the story is, I had this one track, and I sent it to the label. They liked it, and they're like, great, we want one more like it. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll do that. But I didn't really have time to – I wanted to get something that week, and I – and I um, so I was, like, going through tracks and, like, looking for a good vocal sample, and I came across this. I just thought it was, like, a nice element to add, um, you know, because I want to be able to add a vocal if I can. Um so yeah, I grabbed one from like 2010. It's 11 years old. Um, <laughs> I've got another song that samples one from 2010 that a, another label is interested in. I can't really talk about it, but they're a, a bigger label. Um, that would be nice if that works out. They're, I know they're interested at this point, but I can't really discuss any details. Or so we'll see how that goes. But um, besides the, the fact. So yeah, no, I had that vocal. So I just put a, put a chord, and I'll do this a lot lately. I'll just have a chord, just a minor chord. Hall strings, there it is. So on the, on the initial thing, I just put a long side chain right here on the hall strings. Um, that's just a simple chord. Do that a lot lately. I mean, you can obviously hear that side chain yeah, yeah. coming back in. It's just so simple, and it just fills out that middle range. Like if you take it out, I mean, that's how much it adds. Like, look. It's a big difference. 
I mean, that's the thing. Like sometimes small elements like that can really make a big difference. Um, so whenever vocals, what's Okay, so I had, so I created another part. This is kind of weird, the way I did this mix. I was working on another track, and I think I was listening to the Daft Punk song, the, um, not, it wasn't the Daft Punk song, the one is like, music sounds better with you. Um, it's the, the guy from Daft Punk, he had a side project, I think it's like Star Dust or something like that. Um, but it's like classic, like French house. And I was listening to it, and then there's like one part where they like, like all the music is like low pass filtered, and then the guy's just singing. Um, so I got that idea from that track. Um, so I pulled, I pulled like another track, a full track right here, because I wanted another part to the song. Let's see. I think it was another version of this song. I was still like working out the chords. Yeah, see, and then I changed some of the chords. I had one that was a lot more little chord and just sounded not right to me. But when I put it in, it's just like a low, and I added all the low pass filter and then just kind of, it just sounded, it gave me that feel that Daft Punk, or not, sorry, not Daft Punk song, but um, Daft Punkish song uh, that I can't remember the name of it right now M music sounds better with you it's like a classic french house track um like where the whole like the whole track all the past filter um so i wanted something like that but then i took one music element i didn't want to put the um oh yeah and i just put the i think they did that in this track they put they had a phaser with hi-hats and I was like, that's a great idea. Um, so I kind of borrowed that idea. But then I didn't put vocals on top. Instead, I put a little synth part, like a classic synth brass right here. I just thought it sounded nice. But it's so cool because I had all that space because I've got this, I've got this mix just all low end, right? I've cut all the top. And then I've got these hi-hats. They're sitting up top a little bit, like phasing around. And then you have this part that's just like really high. It just just makes a nice little break, I think. And then we come back to the, I know, like I said, I, I so look, I, I edited it to, it's about two minutes in, in reason. Um, so the, what I did at that point is I exported everything into Ableton um, and then, like I said, I don't have the full session of how the song was built, but these are all the layers. Then it was thrown into Ableton and mixed. It's an old version. I think it's like Ableton 9. Um, I don't know. I didn't want it to sound clean. Like I said, I was listening to that one, that one track and it was like, I was looking up how they made it and they just had like, they said they had a Rhodes keyboard, like a 909 like a vocal take and I was like, geez, I mean, I, I wanted to use something. I wanted to actually use an older piece of software that could maybe sound older, you know, like everything sounds so new these days. Um, and there's a time and a place for that. But like sometimes you want it to sound older without having to buy like 
outboard gear. Outboard vintage gear is really expensive. And yeah, there's plugins, but um, f you know, like vintage uh, channel strips and whatever. But I, I just never buy plugins. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I probably should, but um, but I just wanted to sound older, and I had that older version of Ableton Nine, and I threw it in there, um, and it just worked. It came out well, and I mastered the track on Lander. Um, like I said, I didn't really have. Um, you know, previous releases I've done on label, they've you get a budget for mastering. I think that's kind of ending. I don't, I don't like. I know I read this week that or last week that you know Capital had gone away from their mastering division, um, Capital Records in Los Angeles. I mean, I think with a lot of the plugins and and not to say mastering is not a great thing. Um, and like a master engineer, a great engine ma mastering engineer is, is so valuable to a track. Um, and in fact, the track that I have that, it, that I'm talking with another label about was mastered by a professional mastering engineer, which does make a difference. Um, but I think pe people are still going away from it. I mastered this, ended up mastering on Lander. And it, at the end of the day, if the label's happy with me, that's all I care about. Like if they were like, if they sent stuff back or they, you know, weren't interested in it, then I'd be like, okay, I'm never doing that again. But when I, when I do something and, and, and they like it and they're like, yeah, this is fine with us. That, 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 at the end of the day, I mean, you know, kind of like customers always happy. I mean, that's not, I mean, I want to make something I like, but if, if I make something that I'm pretty happy with and the label's happy with it too, it's kind of a win-win and that's kind of what I'm going there. Um, but they, yeah, that, that's all the layers guys. I mean, reason I did tweet at reason. I was like, Hey, I'm going to keep tweeting at them. Just like say, Hey, um, especially when the track gets out on people before be like, Hey, I, I, you know, all these layers are in reason. Um, you know, um, check it out. <laughs> but, um, Reason Studios on Twitter, you know, um, just cause I would like to get noticed by them if possible. But, um, like I said, I'm excited about this track. There's a B side, the B side, all the elements were made and, and, um, and Reason as well. Um, actually the B side. So the, the way this story plays out is this song was initially, um, this track was the B-side, but this is the one they I did later, um, and then the one that I sent them initially was actually the B, is actually becoming the B-side now. Um, they didn't really tell me that; they just kind of switched that, and I'm fine with that. I don't care. And this track I actually like more. Um, yeah, that's I'll I'll kind of leave it at that. But um, yeah, so the, there's the layers. That's all the all the tracks. I mean, if you have any questions, um, suggestions, um, and we'll go from there. All right. And then good luck guys, please. When it comes out, I'll post it. Um, please listen to it on Beatport. Please listen to it on Spotify. Um, cause metrics like metrics are everything. And if I, if I don't get plays on this one, like I might not get to make another one. <laughs> so um so please listen to it if you do like my stuff like it on soundcloud because it makes um a big difference um because everything's about metrics now and plays so so it, it's very helpful um that's all i've got man just um everybody just uh, let me know if you have any questions and um 
we'll get from there. All right, thanks.